This week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marks and I discuss what was quite the AEW Dynamite as the promotion bids farewell to Daly's place. We reflect back on our newsworthy Eddie Kingston interview earlier in the week. We talk Chris Jericho being back on commentary, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega going Boogie Nights Beard Styles, Almond Bucks, if you will, the main event between Sammy Guevara and MJF, Brian Pillman Jr. battling Miro, Vicky Guerrero steps back in the ring for a good amount of time, the hype to Road Rager in Miami, and we discuss Jungle Boy to a good, good length. All this and so much more this week on Two to who? Oh, it is two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Give me a Fonzie. Hey. I am your host, Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and I am here with my degenerate brother who is not of WrestleZone.com, Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus, hey, welcome to Two Dynamite Dudes. This is episode 55, I want to say. You know what, Dom, I think at this point we can say I'm kind of of WrestleZone.com. Oh, whoa! A little bit, right? riches, aren't you? So uh, maybe a little bit of WrestleZone.com. Indirectly of WrestleZone.com? I, I think on the periphery of WrestleZone.com. Nesha, what's up? On the fringe of WrestleZone.com. Nesha, thank you for joining us. We appreciate yeah. you being here. We appreciate everybody being here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yo, I actually don't see how many people are in the stream it's right now. 22, don't. I think we got, at least according to StreamYard here, we might have more. Uh, oh man, oh man. Well, yeah, you know, feel free to, to write in with comments, questions, concerns, uh, criticisms, any other word that starts with C, yes, um, or Q. Uh, and yeah, let's let Dominic, you know, let's fire this thing up. How you yeah, doing? We're live, so yeah, as Marcus said, we could join on in and uh, engage with us, talk with us a little bit. Uh, it was a very, uh, I think, productive episode of AEW Dynamite. Would you agree with that, Marcus? I would agree with that, Don. Before we jump into that, though, um, why don't you and I talk about how productive we have been recently? <laughs> yes, we have. Right? We, yeah. we, we had a banger of an interview. Banger of an interview. A newsworthy interview, nonetheless. How about it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's breaking news in there, kind of. And, uh, you know, at the very least, some, some really interesting uh, things were said. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously, guys, uh, if you haven't seen it, we interviewed Eddie Kingston this past week, and uh, it was a very, very good conversation. We He talked, uh, he addressed his AEW post-Dynamite address uh, the week before last, uh, how he talked about, you know, the competition. And you know what, Marcus, we're in this, we, even before we started the interview, we we're like, you know, we're in the same boat as Eddie. Like, it's... It's it's stupid, you know. It's it's silly that anybody would uh, take offense to that. Look, I mean, this is the wrestling business, right? You know, it's it used to be promoters literally holding each other up with guns at one point. You know, I would say that we've evolved pretty well to this point. Let's let's just enjoy the competition. I I think WWE guys should be getting on their trashing Eddie Kingston. 
Shouldn't they be good? And that's what he said, too. He's like, if AEW's my home team, I would expect them, if they're allowed to, to do that to like for their home team. If I was somebody like Cesaro, who I believe, I don't, I can't say this for sure, but I believe he's close personal friends with Eddie Kingston, I get on the mic and just trash him. I would get on the mic and just light him up and yeah, be like, just be like hey, garbage. Even if yeah. you're buddies, you'd be like, hey, man, I'm going to trash you like crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Why? Yeah. Like, why not? What is that? It's that's what I don't get it. I don't get why people get so ruffled up about it. And uh, like Eddie said, butthurt about it. <laughs> like some were butthurt. Like it's, it was ridiculous. It's just and like um, you know, uh, did you read the full thing that Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley said or Bully Ray? Um, I did. Okay, so like he was like, so he was supportive of Eddie, but he was also like called him out, which. Even that, like, why Bubba Ray was part of the Attitude Era? He was he was off base, dude. You know, yeah. he, came, he came from ECW where it was like you're talking, yeah, trash. you're talking shit on everybody, everybody, and that's even what Eddie said. He grew up watching ECW. He like he even told us directly he would probably not be friends with us because we were WCW kids, right? Yes. Right. So, I mean, it's it's all in the spirit of competition. We should all just have fun. Uh, Nesha brought it up here. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Thank you, uh, you know, for being here with us. And, you know, and let's all enjoy our nation's independence tomorrow. Uh, yes. Nesha, she also saying that she's been waiting since Wednesday for the show. Really appreciate wow, that. Uh, we you. love, yeah, we love uh, talking AEW Dynamite. And Dominic, let's not waste any more damn time. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. If you guys do want to check out that interview, uh, be sure to just go on the WrestleZone podcast. Uh, just type in WrestleZone, scroll down, and <clears throat> I think there's two different uh, uh, episodes that you can check out that have the Eddie interview in it. So take a look there. It's also on the YouTube. Uh, on the YouTube. On YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, dude, what a gentleman Eddie was. We couldn't have been nicer, uh, more gracious with his time. Uh, big Eddie Kingston fan before we had the interview. Uh, big, big, Even bigger Eddie Kingston fan after talking to him in person. Just a cool, personable guy. Down to earth. Good perspective. Yeah, and straight shooting, too. It's It was great to see that. It's like, that's what you want about wrestling is authenticity. And Eddie brings the authenticity. There's no doubt about it. Uh, really great interview. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was it was a real good time. So Dom, Michael is putting over your glasses huge right now. I think you should know that. Oh my glasses! Hey, thanks. <laughs> I, I'm like sick of wearing these on the air because like I'm getting the glare from uh, the computer, so it's like you can't even see my face. I just don't have contacts right now, or else I wouldn't be wearing them. Oh, uh, Dom, order contacts. Come on. I do. I have. A, I'm waiting on them to call me and be like, "Hey, pick them up, asshole." But that hasn't <laughs> happened yet, so I'm still waiting. Um. But yeah, Marcus, uh, productive episode of Dynamite. Um, what was your biggest takeaway? Would you say? Uh, you know, it's kind of same old song for me, Dominic. You know, um, every week, every time he comes out there, I'm just more impressed, and that's Miro. Um, you know that that match between he and Brian Pillman was exactly exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, and uh, both of them nailed their role in it to a T. Even the finish, Dom, where, where Pillman passes out as opposed to tapping out. It's like, yes, perfect. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's not going to go over. He shouldn't go over. But uh, come on now. It, it's it, 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 Let's not make him tap out. Let's not kill him uh, because this is clearly a rising star. So have him just pass out Stone Cold Steve Austin style. You yeah. Know? And, um, like, you know, he, he put up a good fight. And uh, but it's also like it's just kind of showing you the lay of the land right now is all it is. It's like, hey, this is where Miro stands right now. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is a tough, scrappy fighter right now that won't quit on his friends or anything like that. And he just conveyed the story there. And it, it told a very 
well done story, I thought overall. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a highlight of a, of a decent show overall, I would say, that I liked ultimately. Like, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway, <laughs> and you know what? it's It really says to something, week in and week out, there's something to talk about the Young Bucks with. And I mean, this week, dude, they look, they were the Boogie Night Bucks, the Almond, or as Jericho said, the Almond Brothers. They look like the Almond Brothers. And fucking Marcus, it was like, it was just only a minor, like, part of the episode overall, but it was like a huge, like, it still stuck with you. You know what I mean? So it's just like, uh, what'd you think of that? And uh, ultimately, how the tag match portrayed and went, went about with Eddie, you know, friend of the show, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was great, Dominic. When they came out with those mustaches, it was like beautiful, perfect. Love it. Um, I just love the fact that they're just like, the, sort of their characters are that they completely lack self-awareness. And uh, having stupid mustaches just like it punctuates it really well. And then, of course, uh, Kenny Omega came out. He looked like a million bucks with that thing, Dom. I think that that's the best. That's the best that Kenny Omega has looked is with that. Like, oh, you like that? You Harley like race, Harley, Harley race style, Harley yeah. race. Harley race uh, yeah. Oh, dude, he looked he looked great. You can um, tell they're like trolling everybody though. Yes, and oh, dude, it was it was awesome. And uh, by the way, that match. I mean, let's just talk about the match, dude. I mean, uh, that match was awesome. Um, I thought it was a tremendous match all the way around, uh, and we got a, quite a surprise finish. You know, I I was I didn't think they stood a chance. Oh, of you didn't think match. they were gonna win? No, I didn't. I thought that it was like they added that stip, uh, as, you know, where it's like if they win, they get a shot at the tag team titles. I thought it was like just trying to uh, kind of throw us off the scent. But yeah, yeah I, I didn't think that they were going to go over in that. Yeah, it's, no, I kind of I expected them to go over, like just because, um, yeah, you know, like they're going to build up to a tag match, and you know, um, it's just a, it's an interesting direction now. Uh, now it's a street fight. The tag match for the titles is a street fight on uh, Road Rager next week. Um, <clears throat> what is your expectation to that? Do you think uh, is there a chance that they could win that the belts? Could they actually win the belts, Penta and Eddie? I'll tell you what, that would really throw everybody off the scent, and I would, I'd be on on board for it. Uh, but no, I don't think that there's any chance they do. I think that the idea right now is to uh, prove that the young bucks can scrap, like they can just be in like a th- knockdown, drag out fight and win. I think that that's sort of AEW's objective right now, and you know that's that's certainly one way to go about it. I would hate that it would be at the expense of friend of the show Eddie Kingston. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I don't think that there's any possibility that they, uh, that the Bucks, that is, don't win that match. Yeah, no, I think I'm with you. I think there's just a different direction that Penta and Eddie are going. I could see, like, I think it was um, Meltzer. I can't remember who said it. But somebody said that maybe we could see Eddie in the mix for a world title, like, match against Kenny at some point. Like he's well, he's somebody that challenges for the world title. I could really much see that. I mean, you look at how it happened in the in that match, like the crowd was chanting Eddie like crazy. Like it's he's Oh, he's hot, he's over. He's over. No yeah. doubt about it. Uh, as he put it, he's like the hot girl at the party right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get a shot. <laughs> Nets just calling us out because we're like putting over Eddie Kingston in our interview with him. It's it's true that I, we're gonna keep doing the shoutouts. <laughs> we are. Um, hey, we interviewed Thunder Rosa too, by the way. Oh yeah, go back and check that shit out. Dominic interviewed the Fonz. Um, I'll plug that later. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, a great opener, great way to start the dynamite. Kind of gets everybody up and excited, and you know the, the kind of the surprise, at least to me, surprise victory. It was just like, all right, let's go. I'm ready for the rest of this program. Let's go. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was a it was a really good opener. It kicked it off in a very fun way, and uh, their bu- the Bucks' reaction to everything was just really good. <laughs> it's really good, and just how uh, how the commentators are like, look at how they're like they look ridiculous like they're they're calling them out on it all that and all that stuff and how they're kind of disgusted with all of it um hey hey dom uh michael is bringing up a point here he's saying aw just like tna they need to open up a wrestling school and get their own wrestlers stop grabbing wwe guys um they kind of do right with the nightmare, nightmare factory, factory. yeah I, I think that they sort of do are trying to develop their own talent and you know we've seen some i mean i don't know where anthony agogo has been but i love that guy i think he's awesome oh, it's true he hasn't been on television. right yeah. Right. Fun. I think I think he's an absolute star. So uh, I they sort of do kind of have their own school. Yeah, you look at like Brock Anderson too. He's been training down there. Um, a lot of talents too that were like on the independent scene. Who was talking to me that they were friends with? Oh, Cheeseburger, I think, or CB, the world famous CB now, as he's known. I think he was talking to me that uh, Garcia, the one wrestler Garcia, was training. Oh, you're, you're really getting your shit in this week. On I got to stop. I got to stop. Good grief. Um. Well. It, as far as stopping with the WWE guys, Dominic and I have discussed this at length. I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily the right move. You know, you look at uh, WCW and the wild success that they had. Most of that was largely due to bringing in talent from other other places, right? Whether it's ECW, WWF. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the the formula, right? You have stars that you have built and established. So in this case, it would be somebody like Kenny Omega, uh, somebody like Darby Allen, like these people that are that uh, Orange Cassidy that are just associated with AEW, and then you put them in positions against guys from other places where we get to have some of those fantasy matchups. Like you can't tell me that it wouldn't be exciting if all of a sudden Seth Rollins was taking on Kenny Omega, right? Oh sure, and I like Seth Rollins made a mention of that, like. I want to say like a year and a half ago or something on like after the bell when that started that podcast with uh, Corey Graves started to get some buzz he mentioned he named dropped Kenny Omega on there and stuff so yeah you know, oh, it'd, it'd, it'd be awesome yeah it would yeah. turn the dial so now I, I say if you can get your hands on former wwe talent do it i mean look at miro all of a sudden new new pain of coat as bruce pritchard yeah. likes to say and uh you know now he's the next goldberg yeah man it's a uh... They're setting some things up really well. Um, I thought who they set up very well too was in the main event with Sammy Guevara and MJF. Uh, you know, uh, people were kind of saying like, "Oh man, like too much schmoz at the end and things like that." Um, I see the point, and I I could uh, you could make a good argument for that. Like, hey, it's you know, let's get a straight up ending because I I did kind of want that too because it was a really really good match between those two. It was. Like you wanted to see like a, a clean ending, but I understood the reasoning to to do what they did too. You know what I mean? No, no doubt about it. Uh, it's kind of sort of like the cheap way out. I get it, but um, I I also think that it protects uh, Sammy Guevara and it gives MJF the victory, which of course uh, you know he should actually. Nesh is saying uh, can't believe that MJF won. I don't know. I, I was I was expecting it just because he's clearly going into a program with uh, Chris Jericho. Um, but you know, then again, it was like throughout the match, you know, the, the false finishes. And I mean, they had me a number of times where I was just like, oh, that's there it is. That's the finish. Yeah. You know? Uh, but those guys had like an absolute throwdown. Sammy Guevara looked like a million bucks. I think more than anything though, MJF came out of that looking great. He did look great. It was, uh, and like, he did some stuff that was like out of his, uh, wheelhouse a little bit. 
you know? Or he did. Not he, did. he did that, like, front flip up onto his feet and just kind of, like, showing Sammy, like, hey, man, I can do all that shit, too. And uh, it was – that was sort of, like – that was the theme of the match. I can do that shit, too, right? Yeah. Where I marked just, out like, for the Fargo struts. Yes, yes. And it was just, like, it kind of this back-and-forth battle. So, I mean, that's that's what we ultimately want in a main event. That's the best way to close the show, this back-and-forth battle, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was good. It was really good. And, um, you know, uh, I'm curious – What's the next step? Obviously, Jericho, uh, you know, is going to, you know, is he is taking a challenge? He accepted the challenge, right? They got to, oh, MGF has stipulations for him, I think, almost like he did with Cody in their feud. Um, and then it's going to go into that. Um, what do you think of that aspect? Yeah, you know, I am hoping that MJF goes over. I think that it's the only correct move. You know, MJF is just trending upward and has been for a long time. And getting a clean victory or even like a dirty victory over somebody like Chris Jericho, um, it's just going to continue to help kind of write his story. You know, I, I think that we're going to get a babyface champion next in AEW. This is my predi- my prediction, folks. Uh, take it to the bank. We're going to get a babyface champion next in AEW, and then the champion after that is going to be MJF. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds uh, right. So in all likelihood, it'll be Hangman Page. We'll get the, the strap, and uh, he'll hold it for a while. But then MJF is going to take it off him. That's my prediction. I think very much uh, that's the story they're telling, you know, is like, and I mean, we even have pure indication of that, you know, on this week's episode with when Kenny came out and then was interrupted by dark order. And then the follow-up backstage with hangman uh, and him kind of like avoiding the subject, but like dark order being like, Hey, it's your time now. Like, get, let's get a move on with it. Um, how do you think about, you mentioned Kenny's look and everything. How did you think about Kenny, what he did, what dark order did, and then what hangman did. And then what Dorak Order did again. What did you think of all that stuff? Hey, guys, we'll get to your questions, too. So I, I'm making note. I'm trying to make note of everything that's been asked. Yeah, actually, you know, uh, let's put a pin in, in that question you just asked me. Let's let's jump into a couple of these, Dom. Okay. Uh, so, Michael, I wanted to – Marcus, this is kind of an interesting question. Do you remember the first wrestling match we watched? you watched? The earliest memory I have uh, – now, I know I watched some of it before then. Uh, I'm sure that I watched – some million dollar man i know for sure i i had seen some ultimate warrior back in the day but the first like just match i remember sitting down and watching start to finish uh it was bob holly versus a job guy i think on like superstars and i was i became a bob holly fan i was like all right spark plug bob holly that's, that's right. my he was your first yeah. favorite yeah yeah he was my first favorite wrestler you know he, he had like the cool like checkerboard racing stripe thing going on and i was just for like, the there. 90s yeah <laughs> i was like hey there he is there's my guy love his mullet love his physique <laughs> Uh, there is my favorite guy. Spark plug. <laughs> now, uh, what, what about you, Dom? Well, was that the same program we were watching or something? Like, because I, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I remember. I think, like, I think it was. I think Razor Ramon wrestled later on. Yeah, because I, I, he might have wrestled like a job guy or just like a squash kind of match or something like that. That's like the kind of, and that was like what? I mean, my memory is not great. So it's, it's, hey, speaking of Scott. Oh, hey. Me. Um, no, uh, that, that was like my first memory. And that, I was like, what, 10, 10 or 9 or something like that. And my memory's awful. So um, odds are when I was a kid, like super young, I did probably watch a Hulk Hogan match because he was my guy. But I don't remember. I don't remember that. That, that too far to back into it. Um, Marcus, you haven't been watching Impact. But Michael also says Omega is not helping uh, Impact at all here. 
Uh, I think he is in certain ways. Like, I think the viewership has gone up. Now, no, you know what? Overall, I'm trying to think, like, over the course of the past few weeks, in accordance to last year's ratings with Impact, they've been down a little bit. But I think it's created some buzz for Impact. You know, and it's made it's kind of legitimized, re-legitimized Impact. Because Impact has just kind of been, all right, forgetful, stuff like that, like, over since Kenny, like, their connection with AEW has helped them, I think, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things. Maybe not, maybe it might not be by a numbers standpoint. But I think overall it has. Now, the big problem is, is they're not getting a whole lot of rub on Dynamite. You don't hear anything about impact on dynamite. Like I think maybe they mentioned the title once on there or something like that. So, so in my opinion, and this is just outside looking in because I haven't mo- watched much of what Kenny's doing, but I, I kind of know the gist of what's going on over there. Uh-huh. Um, so outside looking in, my perspective on it is that Kenny Omega is helping them in a very short term fashion, and that he's getting more eyeballs on the product, which thereby possibly gets uh, new viewers to the product. Like maybe somebody will watch the entire program hoping to see Kenny Omega, and they'll see somebody else in a match and be like, "Oh, that guy's awesome! I'm gonna I'm gonna watch next week and see what Brian Myers does." You know, do something like that. So it's it's good in the short term, bad in the long term, possibly for Impact because Kenny Omega is going in there and he's just like he's showing, like, oh, is this guy your champion? I'm just gonna beat him, take his belt, take it back on onto my TV. You know, so like once Kenny Omega goes away, uh, he has not done them any favors. But short term, he's doing them favors. Well, here's the problem. Here's the issue I have, and I, I don't know if people feel the same way I do, um, but who Impact is pushing in their main event is what I take umbrance with in a lot of ways. Uh, they have Moose and they have Sammy Callahan. Those are the two guys that they're really trying to get over. You know, and um, I don't, I, I just don't see a lot in them, either of them. Like, like Sammy is facing Kenny Omega at Slammiversary. So basically impacts WrestleMania, you know, that we're all familiar with. And, it just does not tie. It does not work. I don't think. I, and I don't think. And Sammy's been somebody that's been there in Impact. If you're wanting to get somebody over, get a new star over. Like get a new guy over, like a Trey Miguel, like a Chris Bay, like um, uh, Jake something who's humongous, or Joe Doran who's like just a like a Stan Hansen like kind of looking dude, or W Morrissey, like who's doing great work there. Uh, I am always a big fan of Willie Mack. But the issue is, are all these guys are new? like to the program. So it's like you need time to build them and you put all your chips in guys like Moose and Sammy, who I don't think do it. I don't think they do it. And you know what? Um, You know, at this point, I would have loved to see somebody like an established star then that people associate impact with. So like, like I'm a huge fan of James storm. I think they really put a, if they were going to have a slam anniversary, have James storm, uh, uh, somebody that's synonymous with Impact and TNA and all that stuff face Kenny Omega for that title at Slammiversary. And if he loses, he loses. That's fine. Have Kenny keep going on that run. But then work towards building your other stars, your younger stars, that you haven't given that opportunity to. Because, Marcus, we watched Impact TNA. Like, we were big TNA people, like kids. Not 2000, kids. 2009, 2010. Yeah. So it's like, and we, this is like, perfect example of what impact back then did you know then whereas like okay why aren't you putting all your chips in with samoa joe 
Or why aren't you throwing all your chips in, like going full hog with AJ Styles here? Or somebody like a Matt Morgan or um, Christopher Daniels. Like guys, names that were there for them and ready to go. But they just kept, I mean, as much as we like, you know, the Scott Halls and the Kevin Nashes and the Booker. Mick Foley and all the all the people. Those people were, were old and, uh, you know, it's they're of more value putting talent over. Yes. You know, and that's 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 where uh, a guy like Matt Cardona could be really handy for them. It's like, yeah, you, you build them up, bring them in, make them look like a stud, and then have them do a job for somebody that you want to you kick down the road, you know. Yes. So it's, I, I definitely see your point. It's just uh, impact. Now, now that all that said, impact is a very fun and solid show to watch week in and week out. What they do overall, like Scott Damore as like the authority figure is very good, and then just the overall presentation and execution of a product that doesn't have a crowd in front of it is very good. Like, it's, and like there's guys you can root behind and gals you can get behind and stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff. The only exception I take is really who they're positioning in the main event pictures. Is that Sammy Callahan and Moose? Who I just they're not connected. They're not connecting with me. And I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. I really don't. Hey, let's do one more and then we'll jump back into okay. uh your question for you me. Have, did you find one that you yeah, yeah. Did? Steve Stephen Chambers is saying looks like building up Omega versus Hangman for the next pay-per-view, maybe potential match of the year candidate. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, so that's kind of the direction we're moving in, right? It, yeah. was, it actually pairs pretty well with with our next uh, topic that you had asked me about. So let me just jump into that real quick. Um, more and more, it, it makes me laugh every time. Uh, so, like, didn't that kind of remind you of an 80s movie where, like, so Kenny Omega comes out, heel, uh, bad guy, bully in, a, in an 80s movie. And then all of a sudden, like, all the nerds band together. And they're just like, hey, wait a minute, you know, like we got somebody, you know, the the jock on the football team. Maybe we're not good enough. Right. The the star quarterback who hangs out with us sometimes, he's good enough. And uh, but what was really funny about that was that Kenny, as he's getting ready to leave, he walks through this group of guys and just like looks all of them in the eye as he's walking out. Like, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) He was doing the whole like, go ahead, try to do something. And like nobody did anything, and I'm like that. It was awesome in that it builds Kenny Omega, where it's just like this guy does not give a fuck, but it doesn't doesn't do anything for the Dark Order at all. Yeah, and you know what? They they have some guys there that like you can like build up more and more too. So I mean, like like press. Oh, dude, it was yeah. it was great though. Like he walks right past you, you know, in his stupid suit, and he just like looks right at him. And he like looks at some of the other guys, like go ahead, try something. And like nobody did anything. He like just walks out, and it was great. Yeah, Kenny's uh, really good. Oh, dude, Kenny Omega with that look. I love the Harley Race look. I love the fact that he's coming out like wearing these suits. I love that he acts like he's using cocaine all the time. I like everything about him is perfect right now. Yeah. Um, so I I agree with a lot of what Jim Cornette has to say. But when it comes to Kenny Omega, I could not disagree more. I think that this is prime, perfect, the best Kenny Omega we've seen. Now, uh, that brings me to the one topic. But do we want to talk about Hangman here real quick? Is So I do think that could be a match of the year candidate, Hangman and Kenny. I mean, they've been building to it and stuff like that. Um, the, the concern I have is that they're going to lean too much into like, I, we don't want despondent hangman again. <laughs> That's what we don't want. Right. You know, we want motivated ass kicking hangman. And I, you know, like hopefully like this is kind of dark or there. I don't want them to slow play this. I don't want them to slow play it because it can slow the momentum down. Now, if they just did it like that and we see fire from hangman next week 
or at least the week after, then I'm okay with it. Like, I, I just like, that's the only kind of concern I have is like, I don't want to despond a hangman. We want fun beer drinking, like, Hey, cool jock guy ready to kick some ass hangman. You know, that's what we want. You know, I, my concern is that it feels like they're hot shotting the angle a little bit where, uh, I would like to like I think Kenny Omega is really like he is full stride right now the doing he's he's perfect he's he's like he's hitting the apex right um mm-hmm. and I I don't think you should put a stop to it you know it, and having hangman page take the belt off him I, I think could kind of pump the brakes on what Kenny's doing right now which I don't want them to do I want Kenny to like go off for like another six months and just like cocky beating everybody and then just like you like just keep doing what he's doing just like this dude who's like who's like a ball of fire of like just crazy assholeness (laughs) but like you can't stop him you know what i mean uh so i i kind of want to see that continue but uh you know that being said you and i've talked about it before i think it's an inevitability that hangman page is gonna be a, a the AEW champion i think so um people gave some pretty good suggestions too for to who challenged for uh, the title like dreamer that's a great one steven chambers says tommy dreamer like he would have been a good one to have too like you know it's like the guy from way pat the past like going up against kenny where you can have that as a match on pay-per-view now slammiversary maybe not but like he would i think he it would be more intriguing than sammy callahan and moose um uh chris david somebody associated with uh, aw i mean uh tna nesha says um so there's a couple good suggestions um marcus were you gonna say something Marcus? Uh-oh. He's frozen. Or he's just staring at me. But <laughs> hopefully he gets back here. Hopefully you're hearing me. Is Marcus frozen, guys? Let me know. Because he looks frozen to me. <laughs> it's such a funny fucking picture. <laughs> but, okay. Um, somebody says, use Johnny. G- DJ says, use Johnny Swinger. I love Johnny Swinger. I love Johnny Swinger. He's so great. He's my favorite part about Impact. Marcus, you I'm fucking back. froze. And it was such a hilarious photo. You're just, like, looking at me. Like, like it was so fucking funny. I wish you could have screen grabbed it. Damn oh, it! Oh, don't worry, I'll have time to screen grab it. <laughs> hey, and by the way, I don't know if it's my internet or what, but it, you know, if that continues to happen, obviously, just keep doing it, and I think I'll be able to jump back in just like I have just now. Yeah. Oh, that was great. I hope it happens again. Almost. Um, <laughs> but um, so okay, trying to get back on track here with the. Uh, with impact. Yeah, Marcus, I think uh I think that's the route to take with the hangman. I, I am with you in a lot of ways. Like Kenny's doing really great work, and I almost you know they, they I think they have to really do heat hangman up a little bit more. Um, but you know, I could I wouldn't mind seeing Kenny hold on to that title for a while either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, I've said it on this show week after week where I'm just like, I want long-term angle. I want, I want these champions to hold their belts for long periods of time and then do the job where it means more, you know? Now, would it, would this be a bad thing though? Say uh hangman beats Kenny and then they go into a feud for a while. And like, it's like, they have a, like, you know, almost like the, what they're doing with like, well, McGregor and uh, what's the guy he's fighting. Poirier or something like that. Um, I, I think that that could work. Um, where it, so if if Hangman like a Hogan and Sting, right? Of. So if Hangman does beat him, uh, which if they have a match, Hangman should beat him. 
Um, so if Hangman does beat him, then Kenny's like, oh, I have a rematch clause. And they, you know, you can you can then continue that angle for months and maybe even swap the belt one or two more times during that yeah. period. Even though I'm not crazy about changing the belt, changing hands often. I think that if it's to further an angle, I think that that's fine. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, uh, DJ's uh, mentions this. Next week, uh, Team Taz will have the full implosion. Starks will upset Cage with help, and then Cage will be kicked out of Team Taz. Now, DJ, before we talk about that, I think that's in a couple weeks. That's like July 14th in Austin, because next week's in Miami. Uh, I know it's going to be that match is going to be in Ricky Starks' stomping grounds in Austin, Texas. So uh, I think that's on July 14th. But yeah, uh, that's what's gonna looks like gonna happen, huh? I think uh, Ricky Starks might be the new FTW champion coming up when he's cleared medically cleared to wrestle against uh, his old Team Taz teammate Brian Cage. Marcus. Hey, uh, so by the way, Dominic, uh, and I, I kind of hope that that happens. It's what should happen. You know, Ricky Starks is a star, a budding star at the very least, and so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you need to position him as like Taz's top guy. Um, but that being said, I, so I was reading something online a while back, and I would like to get people's opinions on it. Um, so apparently, when Brian Cage first broke in, uh, after having been uh, trained by Chris Canyon, he would uh, he would occasionally take up the Mortis gimmick. Um, oh, and he, really? Yeah, there's pictures of him out there wearing the Mortis gimmick. Um, and so I was, I this was on Twitter, and I was like, this should be what he does. Like every once in a like he should be Brian Cage for the most part. But then if it's like a real serious match or it's something big, he should be Mortis. Like Finn Balor, the demon. Exactly. Um, so uh, and I think that that could be a good way to transition into that where like uh, he jobs out to Team Taz, maybe kind of like it gets the crap beat out of him or something has even does a stretcher job. And then when he returns, he returns as Mortis. Um, I don't know. I think it could be really cool. Might be pretty neat. I don't know. I, I have to see what he looks like in the Mortis outfit. That's interesting now. Yeah. Um, it was on Twitter oh, maybe like two or three weeks ago, and I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Um, let's see. Nesha says, when do you all think Christian and Matt Hardy will finally fight? Um, Got to be soon, right? You know, it's they're they're kind of they they've they've taken that about as far as they can, as far as I'm concerned. I think Matt Hardy, like I like Matt Hardy, but I think he's looking rough. I think he's looking very stiff out there in the ring. Whereas, like, and you can really see the juxtaposition between him and Christian Cage, where Christian Cage is like still very fluid movement, like he's top of his game still. Where Matt Hardy is very stiff out there, doesn't quite move as well as he used to. Which I'm not again, I'm not trashing Matt Hardy. I like Matt Hardy, but like. I want to see this get done and over with. Yeah, I think it's just like a... I think it's going to happen sooner than later, Nesha, if I had to guess, because, yeah, I think there's just more... I think it's just like, you know, it's something that... An obvious feud that we you'd want to see, and um, I think they're going to give it to us. And I don't think it's... I wouldn't... I'm not even going to say it's going to happen at all out. I think it'll happen before all out, if I had to guess. It'll be like one of these matches on dynamite one of the headline matches maybe for the week that'd be like hey matt hardy versus christian cage is gonna happen i think uh we'll probably get something to that effect 
And I, you know, the other way to go with Kenny Omega is, uh, you know, if Omega loses to Hangman Page, maybe then we transition into a feud between him and Christian Cage. I don't know. There's there's a lot of directions to go. I think that Christian still has a ton to offer. So, uh, you know, certainly take advantage of him and get him out of feuds with guys who just aren't quite capable of going at the same level as he is. And I hate to say it, but that's Matt Hardy at this point. Uh, Nesha saying she thinks that TLC matches got him. Uh, got both of them, but I got I got to say Christian Cage is still looking like a million bucks out there. Uh, Dominic DJ saying, do you guys see Brian Pillman Jr. as a possible guy who can take out Omega as champion? Uh, no, not right now. Um, I think, especially you know, given the fact that he just did a job for uh, for Miro, not that it's a bad thing. He should have done the job for Miro, but um, I think that right now he's more of like basically like a mid card guy who's slowly working his way up through the rankings. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think you don't want to rush him just like you don't want to rush um who's the other town I was thinking of? Like oh jungle boy to that position. Like it would have been, you know, you could have made it work, I think, if he upset Kenny, but I think there's just more to tell with him, you know, and I think uh, there's a lot more to tell with Brian Pillman. So um yeah, I don't you know, yeah, I don't see him up like the one to beat Kenny. Um, thing is, you know, it's and WWE kind of had the formula down back in the day where, like, if they thought that okay, I can see this guy being a uh, WWF champion eventually, a lot of times they would try to see how the crowd would react to you as Intercontinental Champion. They're like, okay, let's try him with the Intercontinental strap, let's see how, how he does, or they'd say, like, okay, how about have him win King of the Ring, um, have him win the Royal Rumble. You know, like, let's just see how people react to this guy who we like and we want to see how he does. And that's how they kind of that was sort of like their vetting process. You know, Lex Luger is a good example where he co-won the Royal Rumble with Bret Hart and they were pushing him really strong. But then eventually Vince is just like, nah, he doesn't have it. Not going to do it. You know, and that's part of like the feeling out process. So I think that guys like uh, Jungle Boy and I think that guys like Brian Pillman Jr. They need to, they need to get a little bit more name cachet in AEW before we even pair them uh, or put them in a position to win uh, against Kenny. Now I guess Jungle Boy sort of did. He won that that uh, Royal Rumble type match to get his shot at Kenny. Um, but it, it's you know what I'm saying where yeah. it's like basically let's let's put them in a position where they're going to get a little bit more attention and see how it goes. And same with Orange Cassidy too. He was in the same position too. He got the you know is in the triple threat world title match and like then he you know didn't win but like he was up there and so like he's he's somebody that's going to be you know more thought later on. Um, you mentioned it, Jungle Boy. Uh, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, you talked about Cornette too, and like what he said, uh, how you agree with them on a lot of stuff. You don't agree with them on K. And I, I'm in the same boat too. Um, like, and you know, I think it's just a uh, part of that show is them hating. <laughs> a yeah, lot and of- a lot of it's shock and awe, just trying yeah. to get reactions out of people. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, he said in this past week they mentioned something about Jungle Boy being boring. And like the, nobody see, they don't see what's in him. Like no facial expressions. He's not. Yeah. He's like not reacting big enough. And my thought is this: is like he's over. Like you get, he comes out there and the crowd pops for him, and that song helps. And then on top of that, you know, obviously having you know conveying passion and like fighting spirit and all that stuff is important, and you do want that. And like hopefully he will. I'm sure he'll get that. I'm sure he'll be able to show that sometime down the line. But the the thing is, too, is you think about it, and, like, I, I was trying to think about who, who would be a good comp in regards to this, you know. And, you know, 
I think somebody that might be a, a fair comparison. Now people would be like, oh, how how could you compare him to that? Like, I think Ricky Steamboat in a lot of ways. Like, you know, because, you know, Ricky, he's great in the ring. He was able to convey himself, like, through body language and selling and all that stuff. And what an ultimate baby, like, face in a lot of ways. But, like, he wasn't known to be on the mic, you know? You don't. I think, I think that's a perfect example uh, where, like, you know, this guy's capable of having unbelievable matches just like Steamboat was. Um, but, like, you don't stick a mic in his face often because he's not a strong promo. And, you know, I, I think that he could stand to show a little bit more fire than him being sure. Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, I, he could definitely stand to show a little bit more fire. But, like, I don't know. I, Nesha is saying it. He's not boring. He's young. He's just got stuff to learn. I think she hit the nail on the head. Um, it, yeah, he's just – he's still kind of fresh-faced, new to the business. Give him a little time. Coach him up a little bit. But he's he's going to be fine. I think that, yeah, Cornette, he's he's a little harsh at, at times. As yeah, and I, I just – yeah, I think uh, some of that stuff's just off-base. And it's just like you get into that thing where it's like the, their whole thing is to review AEW and – all it's ultimately has it over the Charlie Brown rain cloud over it. It was like, everything's going to get poured on. <laughs> they, yeah, they always want to go negative. Which, There's not going to be. Yeah. If they have an option to go negative or not, they're going to go, it's going to go negative. Yeah. Yeah. Cornette very rarely puts over anything, anything on AEW, but I don't think he puts over much of anything in professional wrestling today. So like he's again, it's, you know, like, think of like old school football players, guys like Otto Graham. You think when he was like watching, you know, Deion Sanders, he liked him? Probably not. But Deion Sanders was the future of football. Football changed. And uh, guess what? Wrestling's doing the same thing. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, somebody, there was something that somebody mentioned too. Oh, Steven, we did make our predictions for Kingston and Penta. Uh, we think uh, the Bucks will win in the street fight. Um, they yeah. will, and it's to establish that the Bucks are, can go, that the that the Bucks are tough and they can hang in there. You know, this is kind of like their Shawn Michaels uh, Hell in a Cell match moment, where it's just like, okay, like he's he's like this this quote unquote sexy boy, pretty boy type guy, but hey, he can take take and give a beating as well. Yes, yes. Um, let me see. There's there's definitely more to talk. Oh, how about like this segment with um, Sting, Darby Allen, Ethan Page. I thought it was a real strong promo from Ethan Page. And um, it was, uh, I mean, like, Sting dragged out the coffin was, like, like obvious, but I thought it was still a cool moment. And I liked the, uh, I liked the video that Darby did, too. I thought that it was all kind of neat stuff. What did you think about that? So yeah, good good promo by Ethan Page. Our uh, close personal friend Eddie Kingston said that he's kind of like a <laughs> he's kind of like a uh, sleeper um, on the roster right now, and I agree. I think that uh, he's one of those guys. He's kind of got everything that you want in a pro wrestler. He's got good size, good look, good promo, uh, good ring skills. So I think that he, you know I would keep your eyes peeled for Ethan Page. I think he's got a bright future. But um, as far as that casket was concerned, so like Sting brings it out and it's got like the sheet over it and stuff. And I was like, oh, sweet. I was like, I think they're going to do the old like Undertaker diesel angle where like they look inside the coffin and it's like Ethan Page inside the coffin. Right. I was like, oh, this is going to be sweet. But then he just like pulls the top off and Darby Allen just like jumps out like a like a fucking spider monkey and like runs down to the ring. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, why? Why have the sheet then? 
you know, like if it was a closed coffin, I, I don't know. The, the whole thing just seemed really silly to me um, and pointless. Uh, so I don't know. It's I, I wanted I wanted the whole like you show and there's like a wax dummy of Ethan Page in there. And while he's freaking out, Darby's sneaking up behind. Uh, him. I just don't. I don't know. I, I think nah. that's where it's at, dude. Yeah, I don't like that. That's just I, I think that kind of shit works, dude. Nah, I don't think so. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> they made a wax dummy of Diesel? Uh, no, so actually what they wound up doing, the casket was empty, but Diesel sold it on uh, in front of the live crowd like like he saw himself in there. So he sold it like that while the casket was empty. But then when they went back and edited the tape, they just had Kevin Nash laying in the casket, and they just filmed like a super close-up of his face laying in the casket. <laughs> Uh, see, that would have been weak too, Marcus. How did it, and now if they did it like Darby's been doing with like the how he's been like wearing the masks of people, like the distorted masks of people? See, now there's a good solution, and it's way cheaper than paying somebody to make a wax dummy. Or, um, yeah, doing movie magic or whatever. The so, close up, close up of Darby Allen's face with Ethan Page's face over his, yeah. and then he like rips it off and then comes after Page. Now, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, um, they, they should have done something like that. Just like trying mind games, trying to get inside his head. Yeah, yeah, something to that effect. You're not uh, getting inside a motherfucker's head by just coming and jumping and springing out of a casket like you were spring loaded. Well, he there. did gouge his eyes pretty bad enough to uh, <laughs> enough to fucking make him postpone the match a week. Gouged his eyes. Gouged his eyes. That was some Game of Thrones shit. End of season four. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'm into eye gouging, but now, there, then again, it worked for Terry Funk on numerous occasions. Yes. Yeah. Um, Michael, we'll answer these real quick. When is Cena coming back? Cena is uh, maybe SummerSlam. Uh, Bray Wyatt. I don't know about Bray Wyatt, but probably SummerSlam. I'd say SummerSlam for both of those. Um, okay. Uh, what else was there, Marcus? There's uh, another. Good match, I think I wanted to mention. Oh, well, I mean, we talked about Jungle Boy. That was a good match with him and Evans, right? Jack Evans. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that Jack Evans did fine in that match. Again, you know, he's filling a role, and he filled it admirably. He did a good job. Yeah. Um, okay, so Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero tagging against Britt Baker and Rebel. Uh, uh, yeah, Nesha, Nesha, ladies match. She, she wants to hear about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, well, I'll let you go first, Tom. What was your perspective? Uh, I thought it was okay. Like, I didn't, you know, um, yeah, I thought it was, I was surprised Vicky worked so much in the ring, actually. Um, but, yeah, I thought, did it not seem to you that they're really positioning Britt going the babyface route? Yeah, uh, weakest match of the night, in my opinion. And I don't often say that about ladies' matches on AEW because they're pretty dope matches for the most part. But this was the weakest match of the night. And it was because, first of all, who was the babyface team in this? Who were we supposed to cheer for in this? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, um, they, they all, the announcers put over like, oh, no, who was it? One, oh, Jericho. Jericho said, like, she's getting that positive reaction. Like, it's undeniable that she's getting that positive reaction. Like, Jericho made note of that on there. So I mean, maybe they're kind of positioning her as the babyface, but yeah, it's a it was just a it's a gray area match where it's just like, you know, we're supposed to we're like Brit's heelish, so we're not really supposed to cheer her, and then same kind of goes with Vicky and Nyla, so it's just like yeah, you're kind of in that no woman's land. And you know, I understand the gimmick. We've got we've got you know, uh, we've got what's her face in there, Vicky Guerrero. And, you know, it's I, so I, I get that it's sort of like a gimmicky match. But the thing is that like, OK, 
uh, Nyla Rose is clearly going to do the job for Britt Baker when they go one-on-one. Britt Baker just got the title. Um, so Nyla Rose is going to be kind of like the first feather in her cap, right? Yeah. Um, so in that case, we all know that that's going to be the conclusion. So why not have Nyla Rose beat her, pin her in the ring for this match? Um, for this oh. match, right? I, I think that that's the way to go because like it, then all of a sudden there are stakes in this match where it's like, hey, Nyla got her in this tag team match. You know, like, is she going to get her in this in this title match? You know, so th- that's kind of the idea is you, you play these games with people. And like in this match, it was first of all, who do we put the heat on? And second of all, why is Nyla Rose not going over against Britt? And now at the end, she did beat her ass. And uh, so I get that. But in my opinion, she should get her in a victory in a pinfall victory. So the, the, and instruct the announcers to say like, hey, she beat her like she got her square in the middle of the ring, defeated her. Even if there's like tomfoolery and like an interference or something, have her pin her shoulders to the mat. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you make a point. I think, uh, I think a lot of the thing too is, um, you know, this is like a mat, and maybe it's just something that that's an issue just in general. Like, is that there's we know what's going to happen, you know, so we already know what's going to happen. Um, Whoa, uh, Jonathan getting some go home heat with me right now, pal. Yeah. Eddie Kingston is a close personal friend. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's just a shout out to our man, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> um, no, but like, you know, I think, I don't know if Nyla's like was a good pick for the starting off with Brit. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, I mean, maybe I mean, that is maybe she is a good pick if they're positioning her over to be a baby face. Maybe that's it. Why would you? Why would you take this the hottest female heel in the business right now and just like snuff out that flame though? That's stupid. She's over with the crowd. But. She she's over, but she's over the way the NWO is over, where it's like she's a heel, but you like her because she's because a very she entertaining is. heel. Yeah. No, I get that, and you you are taking a risk if you try to turn her face and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. They shouldn't be doing that. They should have positioned her against somebody like Chris Statlander, um, somebody like Rio. Yeah, somebody- like Chris Statlander would be a good one because like people do like Chris Statlander, so it's just like, you know, you got to get you know heat her up a little bit, like you know, give her some time, and you know whether it's on the mic or something. But what something that I did want to mention is next week at Road Rager. I th- is this the first intergender tag match you're having on AEW? That's what it kind of made it sound like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it is. Now that I think of it, I can't think of another one. Yeah. So in orange cast, he tagged with Chris against uh, the bunny and blade. Uh, I like this match, Mark. I, it could be a, it could be a good takeaway. Like it could steal the show. I think. I think so too. And I think that uh, it's mostly going to be due to the, the women's work in that, um, you know how I feel about orange. I'm not as big a fan as you are. Um, I think the blade is kind of plateaued, but like, uh, I, I love Chris Statlander. I, I think that she gets better every time she goes out there. I think the bunny is awesome. So I think that those two could really steal the show. Yeah. I it's a, It could be very interesting. I like, um yeah, I just like all four. So I, I think the blade and orange will do a very good job together too. I just think too. Um, okay. What else was there? Is, is there, do we, do we miss something here, Marcus? Um, Conan is going to be in the corner of Santino Ortiz next week against FTR and Tully. That should be pretty cool. Um, Jeff, uh, oh, Cody, Cody versus QT. Steven is reminding us that's coming oh, strap up. Strap match. That's coming up. 
Um, hey, the Yappa Pie Indian Strat match. Yappa Pie. <laughs> classic uh, Yappa Pie. I'm very sick of Cody and QT. Yeah, like, uh, will this be the blow up? I'm just curious where they're gonna go with that. And um, I, I, I think I think Cody needs a little time off. He just had a baby. Yeah, he just had a baby. Maybe that's what I, I, I suspect that QT is gonna go over in that match. That's a good point. Um, I think it was Steve. Steven said maybe. Um, oh yeah, Steven said get well a go go tenth eye surgery. So that's why he's out. Oh, and Rebel dislocated an kneecap. Damn. Damn. Yeah, due to Gogo, rising star in my opinion, like the the kind of guy that you could hang everything in the company on eventually. Yeah, um, yeah I think that a Gogo is awesome. So um, hopefully, hopefully, his eye is, comes out okay, and he, you know he gets come back better than ever. Yeah, yeah, no, he's there's a lot about him that that's uh, marketable and and good in wrestling. Good looking dude, good build, nice ring skills for being um, you know coming out of the boxing world. So yeah, the sky's the limit for a dude like him. Good promo too. Yeah, real good promo. Um I think that's a big takeaway almost, right? Yeah. I mean that's that's probably his main best feature is he's tremendous on the mic, but I mean like let's let's not under undersell how good he is in the ring cuz he is good. Yeah. No, he is good. Uh even just for starting out like that. Even um, he he passed a Jim Cornette test. That name keeps coming up, Cornette. But he Jim Cornette thought he was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, hey Dom, DJ saying uh, he thought Page might beat Omega, and then we have a heel Jungle Boy beat Page with the heel Jurassic Express faction. You know, I, I want to see Luchasaurus as a heel, but not in that way. And not Jungle Boy. I don't want to see Jungle Boy. I don't think no, him as a heel would just uh, Jungle Boy needs to be a baby face. Yeah, it just would not work. Um, but Geez, what was it? I was just looking at something here. Oh, yeah. Andrade next week. I'll be your boy, Matt Seidel. Um, yes. Matt something. <laughs> Matt something, which I thought was great. Yes. Um, yeah. I, and Andrade, he obviously not a strong speaker of the English, but um, I thought that he did well and kind of like he got a little low key heat by refusing to say Matt Seidel's name. Yeah. I And you know what? Him not speaking is still is fine. Like, yeah, he's, you know, it, he's he's doing just fine. I think that he's going to be a big star. Oh yeah, I think he's going to be good. Um, awesome, gonna... awesome look too. Million dollar look on him, and uh, yeah, it's there's there's a good heel for uh, to challenge Hangman Page once he wins the strip. Oh, good point. That is a good point. Um, then there was some, oh Marcus, a uh, couple things about commentary. Let's start with this one. Obviously. Oh, Jericho was great. Jericho yeah. was great. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, for a second, Dominic, I was I was watching it, and I, I had sort of tuned out. I was like looking at something on my phone real quick, and I had tuned out. I heard JR say something, and I heard Jericho's voice, and I thought he was Jerry Lawler for a second. Oh, really? Um, yeah, just like the, the tone of his voice sounded like Jerry Lawler. So I like looked up all of a sudden. I was like, what the fuck? And then I, I remembered that Jericho was there. Um, but yeah, I thought that they did an awesome job. Um, and Jericho, like, if he decided he wanted to hang up the boots, put over MJF, and just say, okay, I'm retiring, he would be great in the Jerry Lawler role. Oh, my gosh. He's so good because he puts people over. He uh, adds context to things. He adds, like... He mixes history in with it. He does. He does. He just does a very good job. People were saying like, like somebody I can't remember. Somebody's saying like he was annoying, and I was like, ah, I don't buy that. I think he was great. Like he adds like energy, more energy to it, and excitement. 
and he's passionate about it. It's it's good. He was really really good on commentary. So and it was kind of cool. I think they utilized him very well this week. On, oh, on, and um, Dom, we got to talk about what Nesh is bringing up here, Jared. Right? Yeah, at the end of the show, that was, yeah, that was a big thing. That was a big thing, but I don't think. Uh, it why, don't, why don't you tell people what what happened? Okay, so yeah, know. I didn't even notice. Honestly, I really didn't notice. He said uh, apparently at the end of the show, he instead of AEW Dynamite, he said WWE Dynamite, and then obviously Twitter went nuts. And, uh, you know, JR owned up to it and all that stuff. And, like, he's like, I can't be doing that. And, like, you know, JR is a pro, so, like, he's going to feel that way. But, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. is like, he's been in WWE for how long? He's promoted WWE for how long? It's, I don't, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. I, I think here's a good way to describe it is I dated this girl for a long time. Um, and... Her name was Lindsay, and then I started dating a girl named Lacey. And you have no idea how many times I called Lacey Lindsay. And it's not because I missed Lindsay, not because I wanted to be with Lindsay. It was because I was so used to saying Lindsay, and it was L-Y, and it's like A-W-W-W-E. It's, it's just like it, I cannot imagine how hard it would be to keep those pieces together after it's like ingrained in your brain. Like, all right, we'll see you next time on WWE, whatever. Um, you know, so it would it would just be really, really hard to break away. Like you have to be on top of your game at all times to and not only it. this, not only this, look at it this way too. Look what JR also does each and every week is grilling JR and he talks about WWE. Right. It's nonstop, always he talks talking about, about WWE on a, but pretty much a weekly basis too. So it's just like you're gonna do it's not a big deal. Yeah, and uh, Nesha is saying, and I've I've heard this from a number of people. She's saying she loves Jr., but it comes a time when you have to say goodbye. And and I understand the perspective. I I truly do because you know it's after a while. It's you know imagine Dom. Let's let's try to imagine. I'm trying to think of a good example like uh, Vern Gagne on commentary in like 1998 WCW. Like probably wouldn't have been very good, right? Because it's like yes, he has a lot to offer. Yes, he's got great knowledge. But like it, the wrestling has passed him by. It's not the same wrestling that he was he was involved in. And so I sort of I think that Jr. is kind of on the cusp. But I think that Jr. adds a lot of value oh my. to AEW still. Yeah, um, no, where I, he's he's just really good at painting a picture and telling a story. Um, so I I think that him and Shivani are just like they are gangbusters. They're great together. They play off each other really well. I'm not crazy about Excalibur. I I know that like a lot. I I tend to trash him. A lot of people seem to like him. But like I'll tell you what, man. It, it, the perfect booth, in my opinion, at this point is I'm sorry, but kick Excalibur out and let's have Jr. Tony Shivani and Chris Jericho. I don't think you can beat it. It's that's a good that's a good trio right there. Like I you know I yeah. No, I don't think JR I, – I just don't get that. Like, you know, uh, you're on primetime television. You There's two big promotions in wrestling. Just because you make a slip-up like that, I really think JR adds a lot to the show. I do, too. I, I do, too. And not only that, but he's, like, he's the checks to the balances in a lot of ways, you know, where he's – if something he doesn't like, he'll kind of express it in a way. And that's what he's not just a yes man. Like he's no. made all he's made all the money he needs to make. At this point, he's doing it because he's passionate about it. So that's also what I really like about him is that like it, like you said, he's not just going to see something and be like, oh well, that's just wrestling nowadays. Like he he has opinions and they're strong opinions, and he's he's going to speak his mind and say like, what are they? Why are they doing this? Or like, how come he keeps doing that move if if it never puts the guy away? And it's like these are the things that we should be thinking about, and quite frankly, the talent should be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. Like it is, it's something like Jr. is 
Like he should be one of the guys you go to when it comes to like, you know, whether it's Arn Anderson, uh, Dean Malenko, um, like he's the guy you should be. Jerry Lynn. Jerry yeah. Lynn. He's one of the guys you should seek advice from, from to get, Hey, what's your perspective on this? You know, I agree. it's just like, you know, no, I think JR still adds so much to commentary to get rid of him would just be a disservice. I think to wrestling. Yeah. Let me, let me clarify what I said before I said, uh, JR is like on the cusp. I think that that came off wrong. I mean, I meant more like he's on the cusp of like, okay, he's like, he's yes, he's older, but I don't think that he's too old to continue to do what he's doing. Like, yes, he's, he's kind of ingrained in that old school wrestling mentality, but I do think that he still adds a lot of value to this version of pro wrestling. Yeah. I think you can look at it from the perspective that he's, he keeps, he keeps it level. Like he keeps it level. Like where it's like, if you had somebody like, you know, Michael Cole, I think is smarter than what Michael Cole is on television. Like, I think he knows wrestling better than, you know, what the commentator Michael Cole is. But listen, Michael Cole is chirping what Vince McMahon wants. And that's why he's got to had the job for so long. So it's just like, he's doing his job and he's doing a good job at doing his job that Vince McMahon wants, but it doesn't necessarily like, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a good thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing or that's what you want. When you have somebody like JR that, that kind of, he's the gold behind the money basically you know what i mean so it's like you know if, if the dollar bill drops out everybody relies on gold right and so jr is one of those guys um, i agree i think that's well put thank you um let's take a couple questions is there do we want to do we want to do uh mvps and is there something else i'm missing marcus do we miss anything I, I think we hit all the major points. We, we can do a couple questions, and then we'll jump into MVPs and ratings. Uh, Dominic DJ is saying, uh, you think Julia Hart should be pushed as more of a singles competitor? Not yet. I think that she uh, fits well with the varsity blondes. I think she's also really young. She's, what, like 19 or 20? 19, yeah. Yeah, so she's still just – she's young. And green is grass. I think that she, in that kind of cheerleader role for those guys, is perfect. I think that they all blend really well together. Yeah, there's plenty of time to tell that story. I think ultimately she's going to help to uh, to get those two over as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Marcus, I wanted to mention this too before I forget. Hey, a picture popped up on social media. Uh, who's a couple? But Jungle Boy and uh, Anna Jay. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Uh, good for them. I, I didn't see, really see what the big deal was. Everybody made like really super yeah. big deal out of it. It's just like, yeah, I mean, you know, they're both young, attractive people and they work for the same company. It's like, it seems weird for them to not date. <laughs> like, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm happy for them. You know, I think you could make that something like on air. Like you could, I think, you know, obviously she's part of dark order, but I mean, like, Jungle Boy and I think I think you could have made something out of it when Dark Order was like this dark entity trying to uh, recruit people uh, into their cult. But now that Dark Order is just like the the nerds in high school, it's just like is, is it just like another cool guy? No, in but I mean, group? like it could be like oh a wait, special. it's it's like this is like Sixteen Candles where like the nerdy girl gets with like the attractive guy. <laughs> we're doing we're going the John Hughes route in this, uh, this episode. <laughs> I think AEW's just basically turned into John Hughes movies. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they yeah. air a lot of the John Hughes movies on the TBS on TV? I, I think I think so. We're getting a little Breakfast yeah. Club dumb. We're getting some Saint Elmo's Fire in there. Man, I want That's some fucking uh, a little Home Alone. Home Alone. I want a little Home Alone. Some of Joe Pesci. Um, but no, like you could do like a Tarzan Jane kind of thing. What do you think about that? 
I think it's fucking stupid, Dominic. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Anna Jane. Yeah. Anna Jane. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, okay, what else was there? I saw something else DJ posted about. Oh, Sunny Kiss. Something about Sunny Kiss, I think. Oh, I know yeah. this is not, oh, here it is. I know this is off topic, but do you ever think Janelle will finally break free from Sunny Kiss? I just think Kiss is holding Janelle back. I think the other way around. I think Martin yeah. too. And I don't think jo- Joy Janelle is necessarily holding Sunny Kiss back. I just think they're just kind of in a stagnant. They're just it's, I think it's a cool team and they, they could have maybe done something a little bit more with them. Um, but Marcus and I talked about this way on the earlier episodes. We're big Sunny Kiss fans. I think um there's a lot that he can do in like the uh, you know the ANT TNT title picture in a lot of ways. If you get if you build it up right, like I think there's a lot, lot you can do with him. I think I think Sonny Kiss is a great athlete. I think he's green as grass, um, and I think that he needs to improve his ring skills before we think about pushing him. But I, I see a lot of value in him. I again, you know, if you want to start like a, a cruiserweight division, I think Sonny Kiss would be a star in a cruiserweight division. Uh, a good way to start to build somebody like him. I think the same thing for Joey Janelli. He's not a very big guy. Um, uh, he yeah, does that's a, a good point. Like you could put him into this something to like in the cruiserweight division. He does a hellacious elbow drop. I'll give him that. And I think he sells really well at times. Sometimes he oversells like a big fucking goof. Uh, but I, I think that that's kind of the sweet spot for those two as of right now. You build them the same way that you know. I, I remember week after week they weren't big stars, but I would get excited when Psychosis would come out. Um, where I'd just be like, yeah. oh yeah, this this guy a lot of fun to watch you know oh cool oh yeah he's trying to get in the cruiserweight title picture like oh that's sweet so i think that that's one way to uh to to add value to both of those those competitors yeah and you know what uh i think there's still you if you they really wanted to you could kind of cultivate them more like as a tag team presence if you want to do that like i think there's something neat about them being from jersey and that odd couple kind of thing i think there's a little bit that you can do with that a little bit more at least have them like kind of like mix up with a couple tag teams or something like that. There's a little bit you can do with that. Um, yeah. It, I, I don't think Sunny Kiss is being held back by, I, I don't think Joey Janelle is being held back by Sunny Kiss. And I don't think uh, Sunny Kiss is holding Joey Janelle back either. I just think, um, I think, you know, th- what kind of what we we're just talking about. It's just like they can go on different routes and it, it, it could work for them. Uh, Dominic Nesh is putting over your jungle couple situation big right now. She's yeah. she's a oh, fan yeah. of the, the Tarzan Jane angle. Yeah. It's just not my thing. I don't know. Uh, I now, the only issue is, the only issue with that is that, okay, Jungle Boy is a good looking dude. So it's like, you're going to, a way to, you know, you don't want to indicate that Ricky Morton's going out with all these girls or has a, is going steady with somebody when, you know the rock and roll express are like boom like they're what they're what bringing the, the girls in. you know what i mean so you can kind of get the same thing with jungle boy so but i mean at this point you know people are going to be aware of stuff online and stuff like that so it's just you know hey i think there you could do a little bit of something like it could be a very fun couple hey your next uh macho man and miss elizabeth happen sure uh dominic dj saying uh janela would be a good opponent for miro i would like to see miro do that thing where he like picks him up over his head and like hucks him into the crowd maybe through a table maybe the table's on fire i think something like that could be interesting <laughs> i just no i mean like it, for miro to sell for somebody like janela just doesn't make sense it would make sense to my eyeballs right i don't think it passes the eyeball yeah test. like you gotta be it's just a certain thing that you really want to be careful with miro like in regards to how he's he's because i mean like it didn't start off hot so it's like 
you're heating him up and he's looking really good right now. Like, now, you know, that, that being said, Dominic, uh, you and I talked, you know, back oh, over a year ago now, or maybe around a year ago now when, uh, Hey, hang on a sec. I gotta stop my cat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, okay, I'm back. Uh, so <laughs> you and I talked about this maybe like a, a year ago or so when uh, when Cody got squashed by Brody Lee. It was kind of like a Batman Bane situation where Bane like kind of breaks Batman and then Batman has to like kind of climb up out of the gut. Oh, yeah. right? mm-hmm. I, th- I think that Miro could kind of like break uh joey janela on his way to a feud with somebody like cody right where it's just like holy shit this dude like ripped janela apart injured him stretcher job ambulance all that stuff and now he's coming after cody Rhodes, our hero like that's a little scary you know what i mean yeah yeah. um so i I think that that could be a good way to pair those two but i don't know yeah i don't know um uh yeah i i just uh i'm more with you and like i i like the cruiserweight stuff i just you really turned me on that, like over the course of uh, this series of podcasts we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Dominic Jonathan, uh, he's, he's not, a fan hard, of, not, not a fan of Eddie, not a fan of our pal, Eddie Kingston. Um, so, yeah, we kind of talked about that at the top of the show. I'm not sure if Jonathan was in there yet. Uh, no. but, but, you know, in a nutshell, I think I think that it's, it's just good competition. You know, like you could say the same like so when Eric Bischoff was calling out uh, – of Vince McMahon to be saying, Hey, meet me at Slambury 1998 and I'll fight you man to man. Like, let's do a shoot fight. Just show up and I'll kick your ass. Like he was saying that. I think you could say the same thing, Jonathan, back then, right? Where you could say like, Hey man, Eric Bischoff has been in pro wrestling for what? Like four years. Vince McMahon has spent his entire life in pro wrestling. How dare he have the nerve to call this guy out? Like what an asshole, what a piece of shit. And it's like, that's the point. That's that's the whole idea is like, yeah, what an asshole. What a piece of shit. <laughs> You're right. I'm not saying that Eddie Kingston is an asshole or a piece of shit. I'm saying that the idea is that like you want the guys on the other channel to be like, hey, fuck that guy. You know, and you want our fans, AEW fans to be like, hey, yeah, Eddie, Eddie's right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck WWE. You know, th- this kind of competition is is what made wrestling good so so good in the late 90s so i say we need more of it i, I wouldn't mind joey janela coming on trash in wwe yeah like yeah. If, everybody come out and then let's do it on wwe come trash he's dirt sheet joey or something like that sure yeah the new, new paint a coat on him as well yeah um Dom, we should jump into ratings and MVPs. Yes. Okay. Nesha, Nesha is uh, saying she's giving the show an 8.5. Uh, looks like DJ's pulling a strong 9.5 this week. Holy shit. What a score from That's DJ. a good one, huh? Jeez. Yeah. Um, well, Dominic, my melter rating out of 10 this week. Good show. Um, like I said, I think that the women's match was the weakest show of the bunch, um, which does not happen often. I think the women have been putting on some real bangers of matches, matches recently. Um that being said, you know, I, I thought it was a good show. I, I I didn't think it was like the best, but I thought they did a good job. Um, so with that with that disclaimer, I'm giving them a strong, a solid 7.3 this week, Dominic. It's pretty good. That's a good Mel- Marcus Meltzer rating right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think if this is two weeks in a row that they've been in the sevens. Uh, they're, they're just consistent, steady, doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's your MVP? I got to go with MJF this week, Dom. I think that uh, MJF showed out against Sammy. I love the back and forth, the whole, you know, like, hey, if you can do this shit, I can do it too. You know, and that was, like I said, the theme of that match was like, hey, I can do this shit too. And uh, I thought that MJF looked like a million bucks. He came out as the winner, as he should have. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought he did a hell of a job. 
Yeah. And, no, and I, again, uh, you be, it's building him up for this feud with Jericho and Jericho, undeniable legend in the business. And uh, so now with MJF coming in, he's, he's got a little extra shine on him. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great pick. Um, DJ says Kingston and Penta are a friend of the show, Kingston. The <laughs> <laughs> friend of the show, Eddie Kingston, uh, he's saying that they're the MVPs this week. Yeah. And, I mean, hard to argue that one either, right? Yeah, right. I probably should have said, you know, he always, Kingston always calls Penta's best friend uh, off the air. He did say that Dominic and I are his best friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. I probably should have pulled the trigger and said, hey, Kingston was the uh, MVP this week. Uh, Dominic, who's your MVP? It was tough to not give it to Eddie because he did. He delivered. He, oh, joined he, in he had a great match. Yeah. Here's the other thing that he did and does that nobody else does. So, like, for example, at the start of the match, uh, Penta comes out with his buddy, and they're, like, posing, and they're doing the whole thing. And Eddie just breezes right past him, goes to the ring, like, okay, time to go to work. Yeah. You know? And uh-huh. so it's just those little nuances that Eddie really pays attention to. And it's just like, man, this guy's awesome. This is this is a bad dude. You know? He's going to whoop hey, the match. how do he finish the match? He spinning back fist. Yep. He, and he told you. He's like, I'm going to get one of them. Oh, with I'm going to get one of them. I'll get him. Yeah. And he did. He got him. He got him. And he's like Babe Ruth calling the fucking home run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, my MVP, I'm giving it to. It. I thought about it when you we mentioned when you talked about it, Jericho. I just thought he added so much to the show, and a great way to end the show in Jacksonville. Like it made you know, it just made sense. It fit. It fit. He took a real dad bump at the end, though, Dom. <laughs> like, he got thrown off that stage oh, yeah. floor, and he, like, landed on his feet and then, like, kind of rolled. And I was just like, ugh, Jay, Chris, come but on. But he was great on commentary. <laughs> the commentary, man, they got it for me. Yeah, the commentary was good. The dad bump was not good. <laughs> so, um, Marcus, uh, how do they follow you on Twitter, huh? Oh boy, you can follow me on the Twitter. Usually it's underneath my name here, but Dominic dropped the fucking dropped it in the dirt. What's the uh, it's, been, it's been gone. We've had this new thing forever now. No, it's fine. You can you can follow me at Marcus P D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow this podcast at two, the number two Dynamite Dudes on Twitter. Um, Dominic, how do they follow you? How do they follow WrestleZone? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. And, hey, I got some stuff up. Obviously, Marcus and I, we plugged it already. Our Kingston interview. Uh, man, so much fun again. Great. Gracious with his time. Funny guy. Great perspective. Definitely. We've been joking about it, calling him our friend. But in all seriousness, it was a great interview. Super insightful. Check it out if you get a chance. Yeah, yeah it was really good. Just down to earth. Awesome. Um, and, hey, 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 I interviewed the Fonts. Really? <laughs> The font. Hey. Hey. Now I've been a fan of Henry Winkler since I was 11 years old, like sixth grade. Obsessed, obsessed. I remember watching Marcus and I had a Gateway 2000, and we got uh, like a sample CD, and they had Weezer's Buddy Holly music video on there. Where if you're familiar with that music video, it's Happy Days. And I remember asking this computer guy that came over to our house to help us troubleshoot with the computer. How do I print the screen of the fonts? Like going A in that. He didn't know how to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> some computer guy. Who was this some fucking computer guy? Now, I know how to do that easy. Oh my god! Yeah, it'd be oh, a PC. Print. Yeah, easy. Um. Anyway, so uh, Henry Winkler happened to be in this movie in 1978 called The One and Only. It's a pro wrestling movie. Well, yeah, it's a, it's about an actor who becomes a pro wrestler to make ends meet in in New York City. 
and it takes place in the fifties and that's Henry Winkler doing, and it's a great, it's a Carl Reiner film and a lot of good, good character actors, a lot of cameos from uh, legendary wrestlers. So yeah, Roddy Piper, um, Chavo senior, Chavo senior. He plays a role in there. Uh, Gene LaBelle is the one who trained Henry Winkler in the ring. But really fun conversation. It's not up yet. It will be up yet. It will be up soon. But I got to interview him earlier in the week. It's such a very, very nice person. Uh, did not have to inter- Did not have to take the interview. Anything like that. But he did. And it was so great. <laughs> so great. So look forward to that. It was a landmark interview. I'm very happy with it. Uh, so that'll be coming out soon. Um, Nesha, have a great night too. Thank you for all, everybody yeah, for following us. Absolutely, um, we're almost we're almost through our, our closeout shtick. Bear with us. Yeah, uh, I interviewed Cheeseburger or the world famous CB as he's now known. Uh, tomorrow, Fourth of July, they're doing GCW Backyard Wrestling Three. Uh, that's on Fight TV if you wanted to check that out. But it's his birthday. Happy birthday to CB! So uh, it's uh, he's doing some really cool stuff in Ring of Honor, really adjusting his style, going to the pure style, which is a really cool way to for uh, for that Ring of Honor is doing that. I hope it gets more of a highlight in, in the industry because it's a really neat thing. Um, and then, geez, we have we have some other interviews up. We have some other interviews up. Oh, dang it. I should pull these up. Bill interviewed somebody that was really good too recently. Um, but I, I have an interview. I don't want to spoil it uh, yet. I, I just I don't like saying it until I actually do the interview. But um, I got a big, inter- a pretty darn big interview coming up here on uh, Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Hey, we talked about him earlier. Chris Saban spoke to Chris Saban. Um, so take a look at that. Um, yep, as I said, CB. Uh, lots of good stuff on WrestleZone. So take a look at there. Colin Tessier does a great job reviewing SmackDown, NXT. All that stuff. John Clark joins him. Robert D. Felice joins him. Uh, so we got some good stuff kicking on WrestleZone. And uh, hey, Marcus, we got one more show to, that we do, don't we? Yeah, that's right. We do. Uh, we do WCW rewritten. I know you, a lot of you guys in the stream have probably heard us plug it a million times, but I'll plug it again. It's uh, we're re- rewriting WCW. So uh, definitely go back and check that out. We're in 1998 right now. We just finished up Uncensored 98 and the uh, the subsequent Nitro following Uncensored. So now you know we're building towards Spring Stampede, baby, and uh, we've got some huge angles going on. If you're a WCW fan back in the 90s, I don't think you'll find a podcast that you enjoy much more. It's a lot of fun. We do we talk WCW. We, it's all WCW, but we talk about like, like a lot of the stuff that made us like WCW and all the surrounding stuff around it, whether it was revenge or, you know, action figures or whatever. It's it's a nostalgic pod, podcast. Very nostalgic podcast. Yeah. So uh, definitely give that a listen. Uh, you can follow WrestleZone.com uh, at, at WrestleZone.com on Twitter. Go to WrestleZone.com for all of your wrestling news needs. Uh, best in the biz right now. And, uh, you know, Dominic over there, best, best wrestling journalist in the biz, best interviewer in the biz, uh, best wear of glasses in the biz. Glasses. Hey, check out my headband too. It's Wolverine X-Men. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, guys, we really appreciate all of you joining us. We really do. Um, always cool to interact with all of you. Definitely shoot us questions, comments on Twitter. Nesha, she's been great communicating yeah. with us all week. Um, and yeah, you guys are always welcome to uh, ask yeah. us questions on Thanks. Twitter. We we will address them on the podcast. Yeah, we'll address them on the podcast. I'll, I'll yeah, if you interact with me on Twitter, I'll interact back with you. Uh, 
you guys do great. Like it's great to see this familiar names in in the mix here and, and engaging with us week in and week out. So. No doubt about it. You know, is we we like to think of you know all of us as wrestling fans. You know, we're all we all have very similar interests, and we're all kind of part of this uh, this little family, a little community, cohesive unit. So uh, you know, like let's let's continue to uh, to discuss it. We love talking to you guys about it. We love watching wrestling. We love talking about wrestling. And we're flattered. We're very flattered. It's, it's nice to have. So uh, thank you guys. And hey, you know what? We'll see you next week on two to who Marcus dynamite dudes with attitude. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for guys. Have a good one. Yeah.